Section seven of the Heptameron of the Tales of Margaret, Queen of Navarre, Volume two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. The Heptameron of the Tales of Margaret, Queen of Navarre, Volume two, by Margaret of Navarre. Translated by George Saintsbury Section 7 Second Day Prologue On the morrow they rose in great eagerness to return to the place where they had had so much pleasure on the previous day. Each one was ready with a tale, and was impatient for the telling of it. They listened to the reading of Madame Oisille, and then heard Mass, all commending themselves to God, and praying him to grant them speech and grace for the continuance of their fellowship. Afterwards they went to dinner, reminding one another the while of many stories of the past. After dinner they rested in their apartments, and at the appointed time returned to the meadow, where day and season alike seemed favourable to their plans. They all sat on the natural seat afforded by the green sward, and Parlement said, Yesterday I told you the tenth and last tale. It is therefore for me to choose who shall begin to-day. Madame Oisille was the first of the ladies to speak, as being the oldest and wisest, and so I now give my vote to the youngest. I do not also say the flightiest, for I am sure that if we all follow her leading, we shall not delay Vespers so long as we did yesterday. Wherefore, Nomophide, you shall lead us, but I beg that you will not cause us to begin our second day in tears. There was no need to make that request, said Nomophide, for one of our number has made me choose a tale which has taken such a hold on me that I can tell no other, and should it occasion sadness in you, your natures must be melancholy ones indeed. Tale 11, Section A in the household of Madame de la Tremoille, there was a lady named Roncex, who, one day, when her mistress had gone to visit the monastery of the Grey Friars, found herself in great need to go to a certain place whither her maid could not go in her stead. She took with her a girl named La Motte to keep her company, but being modest and unwilling to be seen, left her in the room, and went alone into a darksome privy, a place used in common by all the friars, who had given such a good account therein of all their victuals, that seat and floor, and in sooth the whole place, were thickly covered with the must of Bacchus and Ceres that had passed through the friars' bellies. The unhappy lady, who was so hard-pressed that she had scarcely time to lift her dress, chanced to sit down in the foulest, dirtiest spot in the whole place, where she found herself stuck fast, as though with glue, her poor hips, garments, and feet being so contaminated that she durst not take a step or turn on any side, for fear lest she should meet with something worse. Thereupon she began to call out as loudly as she could, La Motte, my child, I am ruined and undone. The poor girl, who had formerly heard tell of the wickedness of the Grey Friars, and imagined that some of them were hidden there, and were trying to take her mistress by force, thereupon ran off as hard as she could, saying to every one she met, Come and help Madame de Roncex. The grey fires are trying to ravish her in yonder privy. 
they thereupon hastened thither with all speed and found the unhappy lady crying out for assistance longing for some woman to come and cleanse her and with her back parts all uncovered for she feared to touch them with her garments lest these also should be defiled the gentleman coming in at her cries beheld this fine sight but could see naught of the grey friars unless it were their ordure clinging to her hips nor did this pass without laughter on their part and great shame on hers for instead of having women to cleanse her she was waited on by men who saw her naked and in the sorriest plight in which a woman could be found for this reason on perceiving them she soiled what was still clean by dropping her garments in order to cover herself forgetting the filth that she was in for the shame she felt at sight of the men and when she had come out of that foul place it was necessary to strip her naked and change all her garments before she could leave the monastery she was minded to be angry with la motte for the aid that she had brought her but finding that the poor girl had thought her in a yet more evil plight she put aside her wrath and laughed like the rest i think ladies said nomophide that this story has proved neither long nor melancholy and that i have given you what you expected at this the company laughed heartily and wazil said the story is indeed nasty and unclean yet knowing the persons who fared in this manner we cannot consider it unwelcome gladly would i have seen the faces of la motte and of the lady to whom she brought such timely aid but now she added to nomophide since you have finished so soon give your vote to someone whose thoughts are of a graver turn since you desire me to atone for my fault answered nomophide i give my vote to dugousin whose discretion is such that he would die rather than say anything foolish dugousin then thanked her for the esteem in which she held his good sense and thus began the story i am minded to relate is intended to show you how love blinds the greatest and most honourable hearts and how hard it is to overcome wickedness by any kindness whatsoever. End of section seven.